The following is a presentation of WYM, Westminster Youth Ministry. One of the most beautiful parts about the Christian faith is the way that when Jesus saves us, He unites us to Himself in an inseparable relationship. That union affects every part of our lives. In this study, we're going to look at that union and see how that union draws us closer to Christ and also to one another. We hope you enjoy. So like I said, we're going to be in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. And I know I always say this, but I'm going to try and keep this short because I want to hang out with y'all. I know you're probably like, Tree always says that, and then it goes like half an hour. So I'm going to try and keep this to like 15 minutes. Hey, we like oh, thanks, man. So what I want to focus on for the next three nights is a topic that's not super flashy, but it's one of the most important things for us to dwell on, and that's our union with Christ. And we're going to look at this tonight by looking at our union through our salvation. Tomorrow night we're going to look at our union through what we call sanctification. And then on Thursday night we're going to look at our union through our perseverance in this life. Uh, So I want to start by looking at Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 11. But before we do that, part of the theme of what I want us to really dwell on is how our union with Christ is seen in our community how it's seen in our community together with one another and also our community with the church, also our community with our families and our friends. But even specifically, I want us to kind of hone in and look at how we, as a church, as a youth group, live out our union with Christ in community. The word community comes from a couple Latin words that when put together talks about doing things together but also serving. So our community, in a sense, is us doing good together. We need to do that. We need to be doing good together. We need to be living life together. So tonight, if you're taking notes, this is kind of our main point. Union with Christ provides salvation, and that salvation unites us in community. Union with Christ provides us salvation, and that salvation unites us in community. Romans chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 6 to 11. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Two quick points for us tonight. We're united by a couple different things. The first one, I want us to see how we are actually united in our weakness. Kind of a weird concept, but we're united in our weakness, and we're united by His strength. So let's look at our weakness. If you look in the first part of verse 6, it says, For while we were still weak. So right out of the gate... Right out of the gate, Paul is saying, we are weak. We have this weakness. There's no wiggle room here. It's not like Jesus just happened to catch us at a bad time. It's not like Jesus waited until we were weak and then he stepped in and was our Savior. We were still weak, which implies we've always been weak. And there's never been strength on our part. In fact, we were ungodly, as the Scriptures say. 
And he says that right here. Christ died for the ungodly in the second part of verse 6. Okay, the scriptures are constantly reminding us that you and I have fallen short. That the harder we try to gain our salvation, we're not getting anywhere. Okay? It has to come from God. We have this weakness. I've heard it put this way, and I think this is actually pretty helpful. Mankind doesn't become sinful because they sin. Mankind sins because they are sinful. So we don't become sinful just because we sin. We are already sinful, and that's why we sin. In fact, as being ungodly people, we want nothing to do with him until he draws us to himself, until he reaches in and does the work. And we have this really cool picture in our passage tonight about how Jesus dies for people that did not deserve it and were very unpleasant. Okay? Uh, in fact, he talks about, you know, for a righteous person, one would die. You know, awesome things are worth sacrificing for, right? What's something awesome that you would be willing to sacrifice for? Your family? Okay, friends. Really good food, maybe. Uh, awesome things are worth sacrificing for, okay? A husband, if he's worth his weight, should be 100% sold in on the idea of giving his life for his wife if he had to. Okay, parents. A parent who's a good parent should be 100% all in on protecting their children to the point where they could even die themselves. Okay? Awesome things are worth sacrificing for. But he goes on and says, you know, maybe even, maybe even some good things are worth sacrificing for. Okay? So you mentioned friends, Joshua. Friends are great. Cinderella friends? Yes? Hopefully. Some of you like friends. Okay? Friends are great. We love our friends. And... Perhaps even you have friends that you're so close to that you would be willing to die for them. And that's a great and wonderful thing. But while we may love some of our friends, and while we may love like our mailman or you know, the person at the store that serves us because they're really nice, there's a different relationship that we have with family and with those that we are super close to than those that we're just acquaintances of. There's still not that same connection. What Paul's saying is that maybe even sometimes we'd be willing to die for a good person, but we weren't that good person. We weren't that righteous person. God chose to die for us even though we didn't deserve His grace, even though we didn't deserve His mercy. Again, we love our friends, but would we be willing to die for them? Maybe you've got some friends that you would do that for, and that's great. But I think most of our friends, we'd probably be like, okay, it's not my job, not my responsibility. Perhaps even for a good person, one would even dare to die. But he jumps in in verse 8, and I think this is really funny. My youth pastor called this the biggest butt in the Bible. There's lots of butts in the Bible, but this is the biggest one right here. Right? So Romans 5, 8. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Still sinners. Leaning into our inability here, okay? Our weakness. He's implying our weakness, and we couldn't do this on our own. He justifies us. And that's that courtroom language that we hear about so often in the scriptures, that we are declared righteous when he justifies us. So for a verdict to be cast, for us to be considered righteous, there had to be this reality that we were unrighteous and we didn't deserve his righteousness. But he gives it to us. And why does he do it? Because he loved us. Because of his blood. We are justified by his blood. And all throughout the scriptures we see this, this necessity that blood had to be sacrificed in order to bring forgiveness to people. 
And for us and our sin, Jesus was the one that brought that. Forgiveness of sins. So that's our weakness. So we're united in our weakness because Christ unites us to him through our weakness. And he also unites us by his strength. So if you look in verse 10, what does it say? For while if we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall be saved by his life. Since word reconcile means to be made right. So we're brought back into a right relationship with God. Why? Because there was a broken relationship. We had that inability. Because of weakness, something else had to come in and fill that void. And again, we couldn't do it on our own. So Jesus had to step in. That's why the psalmist in Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He's recognizing that I can't do anything for myself. I have to rely solely on the strength of God for everything that I do. We're also reconciled through his death. Death is not exactly the, you know, the shining beacon of strength, right? So if someone's going to die, obviously they weren't up to snuff, right? They didn't do things right. But we're united to Jesus by his death. And what the world views as folly, the cross, considered absolute ridiculous to the world. But through that death, we are given Christ. We're given his righteousness. Why Paul in 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So through his death, we are given power. We're given righteousness. We're given his life. And he says that right here in the second part of verse 10. Through reconciliation, we're saved by his life. So his life made weak is what gives us strength. The strength through the life that he gave. So we are to be resting in Jesus. We're constantly needing to be resting in Jesus. Paul again in 2 Corinthians 12 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest in me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, when we stop trying to get Jesus for ourselves, we begin to see the beauty of that strength that he provides for us. We're stepping out of the way. And instead of trying to put ourselves in the limelight, in the way of Jesus' work, saying, maybe I have done something right. Maybe I am a good person. I've done all these things, Lord. We step back from that and recognize that it's only by the fact that we are weak and he is strong that's a beautiful thing, and that's an awesome thing. So Paul is boasting in his weakness because he knows that he has a lot of them, right? Uh, Paul was not exactly the most gentle of people. He was a bit prickly, okay? Uh, he was better in person than he was in his letters, but he was pretty harsh with some people. But he recognizes that, you know, I am the chief of sinners, I am weak, and it's only by the grace of God. So in a sense, recognizing that he can only be united to his Savior by what Jesus has done and nothing else that he can boast in. So what does this mean for us? I read this article this week talking about the union of Christ, and I thought this was a really, really cool illustration. This writer calls union with Christ like a necklace. If you imagine a necklace with beautiful jewels and pearls and stuff on it, the jewels on the necklace are things like justification, sanctification, forgiveness, mercy, grace. 
But the thread that holds all that together is the fact that we are unified with Jesus. Our union with Christ is the only reason why we can even experience things like sanctification, things like justification, things like receiving His grace and His mercy, persevering in the faith. We cannot do that unless Jesus has made us one with Him. So why does this matter? Because your salvation, my salvation, it brings us to the Savior. It brings us to Him. It unites us to Him. And that's a bond that can never be broken. It's a bond that can never be shaken. And it binds you and I together in communion with Christ, but it also binds you and I together in community. Do you see that from the pastors tonight? That not only are we unified in Jesus, but it brings us closer together as God's people. And how cool is that? It's the very reason why we have things like church and youth group. It's because we have this common bond. We have this common thing that brings us together. I mean, I like y'all. Y'all are great. But Jesus is what brings us together. And that's why we're here. So if you're going to take anything away from tonight, I want you to take this away. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. And that's not just this abstract concept, but it's the reality that you live in. Okay? It's not just this thing that's out there, this union thing that's just so far off. It is a reality for you, if you are trusting in Jesus, that you are one with him, and there's nothing that can take that away. And it's an amazing thing. For me, it's, it's almost too good to even understand, but it's not too good to be true. Uh, so, our responsibility to one another as believers in community is to remind each other of that unity that we have through salvation. And that's, that comes through encouragement, that comes through challenging one another, that comes through helping us through difficult times. But our, our union with Christ is what keeps us together, and we need to be reminding each other just how special that relationship is so that we can continue on as believers, continue on in community. Amen? Let me pray, and then we're going to sing another song. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for all these young men and women who are here this week. And I just pray that you would work in their hearts, Lord. Teach them to understand this whole thing of union with Christ, Lord. I do pray that as we look at these scriptures together this week, that we would be strengthened in our walks, and that we would be more focused and more attuned to the way that your Spirit is working in our hearts. Pray all this in Christ's holy and wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please keep an eye out for more audio upcoming from WIN.